Just like a GPS helps us navigate our physical locations, getting from where we are to where we want to be, we need a similar kind of navigation system for the diversity, equity, and inclusion work that we're leading in our organizations. The bottom line is we can't improve what we don't measure. We can't get there if we're not intentionally looking at where we currently are. You're listening to A Recipe for Transformation with Krista Wilson, a podcast that helps build unique recipes to translate dignity and caring into equitable, inclusive, and anti-racist behaviors in the workplace, helping you transform them into ones that create an environment that fosters dignity, humanity, and respect for all your employees. Because leading transformations that stick require more than just knowing the words. It's about understanding why we are doing what we do and putting people first. I remember when I first moved to Los Angeles, a friend of mine had these thick spiral bound books in their back seat that was full of maps to help him find his way across town. These books called Thomas Guides were the best way for him at least to find his way across Los Angeles. These Thomas guides to me were best when you had a passenger in the car so they could be your navigator while you traipsed around town. A little difficult to do on your own. And I remember saying all the way back then that there had to be a better or faster way. And then MapQuest was born. You could be at your home computer and put in your starting destination, your ending destination, print it out, and then you had your customized map with step-by-step instructions. Then the Garmin, the satellite navigation system, became more affordable. And then we got our beloved GPS apps on our smartphones, making navigation super accessible for everybody. What's um, so sweet, I'm just thinking about, that every time I go home to this day to North Carolina or Georgia to visit family, my dad will always ask me if I need directions, um, knowing full well that we all have GPS on our phones. The point is that he wants to make sure that I don't get lost and I know where I'm going. The thing that these old apps and maps have in common is they can help us do a couple of things. They can help us locate where we are, locate where we want to go, and chart the course to get there from point A to point B. Now, all of us who have traveled, and we all have, know that sometimes that road is a straight line. And sometimes that road twists and turns, and we might even have to backtrack a bit to go forward. Just like a GPS helps us navigate our physical locations, getting from where we are to where we want to be, we need a similar kind of navigation system for the diversity, equity, and inclusion work that we're leading in our organizations. I have found that similar to how a GPS works with helping us navigate, doing an assessment like my firm's DEI diagnostic can help us figure out where an organization currently is in its DEI work so that we can navigate this path toward equity and inclusion with clarity and mindfulness. And with a DEI diagnostic, 
we can figure out the best path forward and also the hazards and pitfalls to avoid too. Now, many of you might be rolling your eyes when you hear the word assessment. I know because I used to lead evaluations for nonprofit organizations and county governments, so I understand that these kinds of things run the risk of being tedious or take you out of the spirit of social change and equity and belonging. But let me tell you right now, it doesn't have to. A DEI diagnostic like what I propose to clients is more about asking generative questions and looking at key areas of your company, like vision or goals or culture or commitment. A couple of things to keep in mind are, one, you can be assessing or diagnosing where your organization is when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and it doesn't have to be complicated or take years to do. Having a focus area or areas, like actual places that you'll begin focusing your time and efforts, will help you understand how you're doing in your DEI and what needs improvement. And this can also maximize your likelihood of success. It's kind of like when you are looking at your directions and someone tells you, okay, you'll see a red building up on the right-hand side, then you'll see that burger joint on the right, two blocks later, these markers, these landmarks to help you know what you might see to know that you're heading in the right direction. That's what this diagnostic can do for you to help you know you're on the right track. Diagnostics are also key because they can help you understand what's going on. I mean, you really have to know what's going on in your organization so that you know what you need to improve upon and that you know that things are going to get better. You really can't improve what you're not tracking. I want you to take a moment, wherever you are, if you're driving, don't do this, but if you are someplace safe, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine what would it look like if your organization's diversity, equity, and inclusion was successful. What would be better or enhanced for people who experience bias or discrimination? What would be different in your organization? And when I say different, I mean different in terms of the practices in place or the norms, the policies in place. What would be different in the overall culture? And what would it feel like? And I'm serious. What would it actually feel like if the DEI work in your organization was successful? What would it feel like in your body? Would there be a tightness in your chest or an openness? Would there be a feeling of light or heaviness? And how would you know if your company was committed to DEI, belonging, or justice? What would you see as evidence? Now, that might have been too fast for you to really think through all the answers. And so I want to invite you to come back to this recording and actually jot down your answers to those reflective questions. I do this work with my clients all the time, and it really helps them get to a a really a future state, a vision of what the DEI work they're doing is trying to build towards something bigger. But this is what 
the beginning of the DEI diagnostic starts to get to. Because when you're talking about diagnosing your organization, you first want to know, where are we trying to get to? That's your destination. And then you want to start with, where are you currently? So when I talk about the DEI diagnostic, I'm asking questions like, well, if we talk about vision and goal, the first question might be, does your organization have a vision for its DEI work? Or another question in the diagnostic that I do with clients is, does your organization have a statement that describes its commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion? And is that statement publicly available? And so you would ask yourself in our diagnostic these questions, and your answers might be, well, I'm unsure, not yet, we're heading in this direction, or yes. And then depending on that answer, you already have an action that you can take. And if you have a yes in all 33 of the questions in our initial diagnostic, that yes will give you the conditions of that future state that you would have just visualized in that last activity. So here's what I want to take a second to start to reflect upon. Besides that future state, one of the things that a lot of us don't give ourselves the opportunity to do beyond that future state visioning is to start thinking about where we've seen DEI done well or what we can learn from the DEI that we've already seen or experienced. So I can share that I was working with an organization and that organization had been working in the DEI space for about two years prior to my contract with them. And they had a commitment to build their staff's knowledge and skills around what they called DEI proficiency. So when I came on board and I heard that one of their goals as an organization was to, when they were done with all of their activities, to have a DEI competent staff, I thought it was pretty impressive. You know, that they want to have a full staff that has the core competencies of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I also was curious, what are those competencies as was defined by this organization. I learned as I was being onboarded that this client had already engaged in staff training to increase employee knowledge on topics like structural racism, microaggressions, and and implicit bias. So given that this employee, or rather given that this organization, I should say, had already had a goal about enhancing employee knowledge and enhancing their awareness of isms, And they wanted to help employees change their behaviors to be in alignment with diversity, equity, inclusion. I wanted to know what did that look like? What has their experience been? And how are they tracking all of this stuff? I just had so many questions. So I decided just to ask two questions to start. First, I asked, how are you tracking the progress toward this goal of building a DEI competent staff? I asked them if they had like a dashboard or a storytelling mechanism to know how they were doing. The second question that I asked was, with the goal of having a DEI competent staff, how do they know if the trainings they're doing are building the knowledge, skills, and core competencies their staff need to have those core competencies? And then I kind of threw in a third question just as a bonus. How do they determine what core competencies 
the staff needed. And there was a silence in the room. The VP of operations shared with me, well, Krista, we have these goals, but we haven't really done much of the kinds of answering of the questions that you asked. She said, we're hoping that you can help us with that. And when I asked, you know, how was the goal of building a DEI competent staff created or the current status toward that goal? Or even the diagnosis, what's the current baseline knowledge level of the staff to know what you need to build them toward? She said they hadn't been tracking. And that's for two years. So I had all kinds of questions of how do you know the kinds of training that you have to provide to a staff if you don't know what their current knowledge base is, right? It's kind of like I used to own a bakery. So one of the things I was known for is teaching people how to bake. I taught baking classes. Some of my students would come in and they, they would say that they didn't know how to bake at all. And some students would come in saying that they were master bakers. They just wanted to learn my recipes. So one of the things that I needed to do was to sort out the differences in the students so I could know who needed what training and divide up the group, right? So the people who were maybe more nervous or who didn't have as much experience, they needed a different kind of training than the master bakers. So at the end of the class, everyone could bake the recipe. They would all have the same, you know, bunt baking capacity, but the difference would be that the way in which they were trained would look different. This is the kind of thing that a diagnostic will do, but many of the clients, especially this one, had not done yet. So in this example of my client, they didn't know how things were currently being assessed for their core competencies of their staff. Uh, they hadn't diagnosed it. And so as a result, they didn't know actually what training their staff needed, what kinds of different learning styles or interventions were needed to help them ensure that by, you know, within one year or two years, their staff had built the competencies that were required to have a fully competent staff in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and what that even means in practice. So I share this story again, not to shame anyone, because maybe that story sounds like you and your organization. The idea is that if you haven't diagnosed where you currently are, it's hard to develop a goal or even an activity to help you get to where you're going. So here's what really has to happen. First, you have to have a clear purpose for what it is you're trying to do with your DEI interventions. And next, you have to understand where your organization currently is so that you know where you should focus your time, energy, efforts, and so you know what you should be doing. And this is that diagnostic phase. From there, then you can determine the activities and investments that you'll make. And this diagnostic is the part that most of us skip because we want to get straight to the action. That's, that's normal. But if we do a bunch of action like a series of trainings, we will have delivered the training, but we won't actually know if it's helping us build the skill that we know people need. Does that make sense? We want to make sure that we're doing the training and building the knowledge that's going to help our people in the way that we know that they need to be supported. It's kind of like 
when we get in a car and we turn the GPS on and we're going to head to our next destination, but we don't actually put in our starting address or the destination address, how would that GPS know how to get us where we're going? That's what a DEI diagnostic will do. It will help you get a sense of where your organization currently is so that you can navigate your path toward equity and inclusion and navigate it clearly and make sure that you get to exactly where you're trying to go and avoid doing random stuff. Do you feel like you're getting some amazing pearls of wisdom on this episode? At Wilson & Associates, our mission is to help folks like you promote dignity and care at work, to transform workplaces into ones that are equitable, inclusive, and anti-racist. We believe that it's more than knowing the catchphrases. This transformation requires understanding why we are doing what we do, doing it with integrity, and centering our humanity and joy along the way. This podcast is just one of the many ways we feed our mission. At Wilson & Associates, we help our partners create fun, supportive, and innovative spaces where our collective humanity is nurtured, our imagination is sparked, and we co-create recipes for advancing racial justice and equity. We know there's a well of information on DEI out there, and it can be a little overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. The simplicity lies in creating your own recipe for transformation. We aim to put humanity and dignity back into DEI and our workplaces so that we can create environments where each of us can thrive. So head over to our website at wilson-and-associates.com to find out more about how we can help you and your organization. You can take our self-assessment that can help you explore the different dimensions of DEI in your own organization and determine the best starting point to find your own recipe for transformation at deidiagnostic.com. You can find all our links in the show notes. And let's transform the face of DEI into the face of dignity together. So for the moment, I want you to release those negative feelings that you might have or thoughts you might have about evaluations and assessments. And I want you to get excited like you might when you're planning a trip, okay? And I want us to approach a DEI diagnostic from a place of dreaming and discovery and design. I want you to believe that a DEI diagnostic is something that you can actually do because it is. So for example, my client that says they want their staff to have, quote unquote, DEI skills and competencies. The first goal is to think about what skill in particular do they need? Then I want them to think about how to determine if they have that skill now. Do the staff have that skill now? On a scale, where do people fall? Next, you get to play in this creative zone of how to help the staff build and practice that important DEI skill. And this is where you can work with your consultant team, your trainers, or your internal committee. For this particular client that I'm talking about, they wanted their staff to be able to identify microaggressions, 
to not commit microaggressions, and then to engage in generative, healing-centered conversations and interventions if and when a microaggression occurred. My client also understood, after a coaching session with me, that beyond individual interventions on this issue, there needed to be an organizational approach as well. So my client developed a microaggression and harm reduction policy, and they recognized that staff would also need their capacities built to support this policy. And so that was one more training that was going to have to be developed to help build the employee skills to support that microaggression and harm reduction policy. So with that diagnostic being woven in, there was now a very clear strategy rooted in results. Once you design your DEI activities from a place of knowledge that comes from your DEI diagnostic, you can be more certain that the things that you do will help you get the results that you want. And then that sets you up for an evaluation phase, like understanding did the trainings you do help the staff build the skill you wanted? Did you have a policy that was put in place that helped you see the changes you wanted to create? This is what my client did, and it helped them start to track the efficacy of their DEI work. And it all started with the DEI diagnostic they went through, matched with just a little bit of evaluation support. And I think what's so important to notice is that they do not have an internal research and evaluation team on staff. It feels important to say that. They did it with the volunteer folks on their JEDI committee, that's Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee, and with these simple reflective questions that I've talked with y'all today in this conversation. I think what's so critical here is that diagnostics help you tell a story of where you are, where you want to be, and then it helps you craft a plan for how you'll get where you're going. And that way, as I said, the DEI isn't just a random set of activities. So I want you to really get excited about DEI diagnostics. I promise you it's not as laborious or boring as you might be thinking. You know, I learned this in my policy and planning school, and I also learned it while running a bakery. You know, one time my team member made a strawberry cake and it came out, I mean, legitimately horribly. (laughs) This cake was tough and it was gummy and it wasn't the light and airy cake that was a fan favorite. And when I tasted her version of my cake, luckily before anyone had a chance to purchase it, I knew that something had gone wrong. So I asked her to walk me through her process, starting with the measurements. And generally, based on the way that that cake tasted, I knew that there was probably an issue with too many eggs or the milk or our strawberry mix. That's a secret thing that we like to whip up. But I needed her to walk me through exactly what happened to really diagnose the process. And so she told me step by step what she had done. But her descriptions were imprecise. She would say things like, well, I think I did this, or I might have used a half of a cup but maybe a third of a cup. And so I told her that we can't make her next cake be incredible unless we get her measurements and process diagnosed to know exactly what she had done. We needed to diagnose the whole thing. And so she walked me through each step, this time more specifically. She showed me how she measured the ingredients, 
how she mixed each item and in which order she mixed them. And as she did that, I was able to see exactly which ingredients were missing and what steps she had missed. And it was from that point that I was able to make an improvement plan with her and was able to make her next strawberry cake phenomenal. I mean, it tasted just like mine. Well, almost like mine. (laughs) The thing of it is, I know that DEI is not a piece of cake, but it doesn't have to be as hard as we make it when we put in systems like doing a DEI diagnostic and really understanding from where we're starting. The bottom line is we can't improve what we don't measure. We can't make an inequitable organization more equitable if we don't start looking at how are things currently. We can't build an inclusive culture if we don't look at where are there points of exclusion currently. We can't get there if we're not intentionally looking at where we currently are. And if we're not telling the truth about it, telling the good, the bad, and the ugly, calling people in with caring accountability, and helping them make decisions and behave in a way that's supportive of the collective. And in some instances, like a client of mine recently, letting people go. But this is why diagnostics are so critical because it's the foundation for all the improvements, enhancements, and changes that we want to make to create conditions in our organization for our people to thrive. So here's the thing. I've talked about the DEI diagnostic just a little bit, but I'll talk a little bit more specifically about it. In my firm's DEI diagnostic, we begin working with our clients looking at six areas in the organization as a kind of checkup. So we examine your organization in these six areas, the DEI vision and its goals, commitment to DEI, DEI knowledge and skills, human resources and staff, DEI rooted decisions and culture. In each of these six areas, we ask 33 questions, each one being a potential work area that we've seen over the last 14 years being potential areas and interventions to shape your DEI work. It may be places where you can start based on where you currently are. If you'd like to take the DEI diagnostic on your own or with your team, we're offering it for free. You can head to www.recipefortransformation.com for a link to the tool and a way for you to join in the conversation and discuss how the tool can help you activate DEI in your own organization. Creating unique recipes for how people can experience dignity and also thrive at work is a mission that involves and requires all of us. If you felt moved to take action through this episode, I hope you'll subscribe and share this podcast with the people you know will benefit from it. You see, the more dignity and respect we can build into the workplace, the more we can create the kinds of environments that foster and celebrate our humanity. You can stay connected to and join us in this mission by visiting www.recipefortransformation.com. 
It's here you're going to find podcast episodes, resources to support your racial justice and equity work, and learn how you can hire my consulting firm to help leaders just like you build workplaces where people are treated with dignity, experience a sense of belonging, and have an opportunity to thrive. Every podcast episode and resource on the site will give you one more ingredient you can use to create your very own customized recipe for transformation for you, for those you work with, and your entire organization. This recipe is going to help you create lasting change, more so than the old ways of DEI. We're counting on you to co-create the future that we need right now. Moving beyond the words, moving into purpose, and putting people first.